Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our first uh, East Parkway live stream service. It'll be the first of many, uh, so I'm sure we'll all get used to this together, us on this end and you guys at home. I will say it's very different not having uh, any of you here in the room to preach to, um, not seeing any of your faces. It's just a bit unnatural, like we're missing something key to our Sunday morning gatherings, uh, but we're going to make the best of it, and we're going to learn to adapt to being an, a fantastic online church community. So East Parkway is now digital. We have a few announcements before we continue on. Uh, I've said this before, I just want to keep putting it in front of you that Pastor Wayne is coming back this week. We're so excited that he is going to be back. Um, it's a little bit different that we don't get to have announced that here at the church on a Sunday, and that you may not get to see him as in the usual way. So we're going to try our best to, uh, over social media, emails, get his face in front of you, record a lot of videos um, so that you can see more of Pastor Wayne when he returns. Uh, we were also going to have that luncheon uh, for him, but that has been canceled. So um, we'll postpone that to another time in the future. Next is that we usually pray for our offering during the service um, as a way to uh, just dedicate that time of worship uh, to the Lord. And so we're not going to do that today in our online service, but I still want to encourage you to give. And so the best way to do that is to do that uh, by mail, uh, mailing it to the church or by giving online. So there's links uh, and emails that we've sent out in the EPC news and then also on our website there's a link there or you can just mail it to the church. We're still collecting mail. We want to um, encourage you to keep as much of the, your church routine as possible. So even during this time of social distancing and church from home, uh, we're establishing new normals. Uh, we've posted some suggestions that might help you uh, doing church from home. So uh, check that on our Facebook and our Instagram. I'm very excited to be gathered like this online. Um, while we get used to watching this online, we ask that you hold off on comments during this uh, sermon video. We're going to start a, a second video afterwards. We'll end this, and right away we'll just start a new live video, and that one we can interact with. If you have questions, uh, whether about the sermon or anything at church, uh, that'll be the time where you can comment and I can answer and engage with you. So, um, yeah, we just ask you to do that for now. But let's uh, go ahead and get started with our sermon. Our sermon this morning is titled Spiritual Intimacy, or sorry, Spiritual Truths While Social Distancing. Spiritual Truths While Social Distancing. Uh, as our world around us, uh, as we know, it has changed drastically, I, like many of you, have been looking for some sort of comfort and security. And when the news uh, is reporting changes in our daily lives, um, literally daily, just new changes are rolling out. Our grip on reality seems to be getting away from us. And it's safe to say that all of our lives have been altered uh, to some extent. Uh, financial markets and the economy. Uh, schools are shut down for distance learning. All sports leagues are postponed or canceled. Uh, and many companies are trying to figure out how to get through this. Uh, already so many jobs have been affected, either losing hours or uh, being let go altogether. Everything we have uh, counted as routine, maybe even taken for granted, like going to the grocery store and getting whatever we needed, something like toilet paper, uh, or being able to go around town for leisure, have now come to the forefront of our minds and can even be a source of fear and anxiety. This virus has exposed us to how vulnerable we all are, 
and how little control we have over our lives. And we see just how much control we would like to have. Even uh, the practice of prepping or stocking up leans into our desire for control. But the question that all this leads to and that I want to talk about with you is, where does our comfort and security come from? I listened to a great sermon by uh, C.J. Mahaney, uh, who's a pastor out in Kentucky, uh, this past week, which inspired a lot of this sermon, and I'll post that link later. You can check that one out, too. Um, But in a time of, he and I had similar thoughts, in a time of where we need comfort and security, there is a lot of wisdom to be found in the Bible. And for me, during times like this, uh, I'm drawn to the Psalms. And so that's where we find ourselves this morning. And so if you would, at home, uh, grab your Bibles and open up to Psalm 121. And I'll read it for us. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's go ahead and pray. God, we come before you praising you for who you are and still how you are loving us. Thank you for the blessing of technology that allows us to meet like this and have some sort of church gathering. And although we greatly miss spending time with each other, we are encouraged uh, to be united in uh, keeping distance from each other. Uh, God, we pray for your healing hand over those who are sick. And God, we pray for your protection over those who um, are still healthy. We pray for your protection over those who are uh, around the sick, especially the the, the medical professionals, uh, doctors and nurses who um, are giving up so much during a time like this. God, we pray for your congregation here at East Parkway Church, that you would work in us, uh, drawing us closer to you during this time, and that you would work through us, God, that we would be a light for you into the world around us. We would reach people in our lives with your love and grace. And we pray that you would be glorified through all of this, even uh, though so much of it has changed, so much of our lives are different now. uh, We know that you are still God, deserving of all praise. So we thank you for this morning. Pray that you would speak through me, Lord, uh, and that your truths would be heard. In your name we pray. Amen. We turn to the Psalms today to be reminded of God's truth, and that's what today's sermon will be, just full of simple truths that hopefully remind us of God's character, uh, encourage us to a deeper faith in Him, and anchor us in the midst of this chaos. It's good to remember that the Psalms uh, are a part of the wisdom literature in the Bible, and so our mentality adjusts to the fact that the Psalms are written for the believer to follow God even in the midst of darkness and turmoil. In fact, that's one of the themes, that there is peace and contentment that reoccurs in the Psalms, but it's not for a lack of conflict or hardship. It's a readiness to face deep darkness and imminent attack. In the Psalms, uh, the goal is to be focused on God's love, not personal success or satisfaction or any material goods. It points to God's love for humanity. 
It's for these reasons in relation to our current reality that I think spending our time together in the Psalms could not be more appropriate. And so we want to take heart in the midst of these troubled times. A brief uh, background on Psalm 121 specifically. Uh, We get the sense that it is being written by someone who is uh, on a journey. Uh, There is this theme of protection throughout this psalm, which is a key issue for a pilgrim who is traveling uh, strenuously and through lonely terrain. And right now I think all of our journeys can be described as such strenuous right now and with a certain amount of loneliness that we are not accustomed to. And that's why I'm so thankful for this opportunity on Facebook Live that we have a sense of community and togetherness right now as we've all chosen to take our time this morning and be together online. Uh, But the psalmist wants us to be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. And who among us today doesn't want and need to be overwhelmed by the goodness of God? Uh, Throughout our passage, we see uh, two main key words repeated purposefully, keep or keeper and the Lord. And this is done to associate in our minds and our hearts just what the Lord actually does provide for us, who he is and what he does. So I have six truths that I hope will be helpful for us, that will be of encouragement, and that will draw us closer to Christ. So, number one, we will have times where we need comfort and security. We will have times where we need comfort and security. The setting of this psalm teaches us this much in verse 1. A pilgrim, a journeyman, a traveler is heading to their destination, but danger and peril, a looming threat, are waiting ahead. And the psalmist is distressed by this. And we are living that uh, right now. Our world is under siege, and the major threat of this virus changing all of our lives for the long term is very real. And while this is not new to any of us, hardships, this isn't the first hardship that we've faced in life, our current reality can serve as a reminder for us not to get too comfortable with the lives that we live here on earth. We shouldn't feel like we've earned a certain way of life. No matter how well off we are, how well uh, protected we are in the world's eyes, no matter how hard we've worked to achieve the life that we have, at some point we will have times where we need comfort and security. During this time right now for us, uh, much of our lives is being spent online. Uh, We are seeing so many different uh, posts, memes and pictures, news articles, people's opinions with words that uh, make us laugh, words of wisdom, words of encouragement. Uh, Some of them are good and some of them are less helpful in my opinion. Uh, Some of these words are true. Things like don't live in fear but in faith or stay calm and, and pray or stay calm and carry on. Or, these are good things but we, we say them so much that they start to lose their effect and we're just um, throwing these sayings out without knowing uh, what's behind them. And some of them are not even true and I think are just incredibly misleading like God will never give you more than you can handle. I, it irks me when people say this one because I, I don't think it's true at all. Uh, I think it lacks the truth that we do need God. If we never had moments in our lives where we needed God, we would never turn to God. We would think ourselves capable of everything and never recognize the need we have for Christ. We would never look up and say, where does my help come from? We will have times where we need comfort and security. And that help, that comfort and security must come from outside of ourselves. And we'll see in a bit where it best comes from. But we'll, 
we will have moments that uh, we're not capable of doing on our own. We were meant to be reliant on something else, someone else, to be in relationship uh, with someone else where we need that comfort and security. So I want us to pause and think for a moment. Even though God made you capable and strong, do you still see that you need God's comfort and security? Do you recognize your need for God's presence in your life? Hopefully, this pandemic is, at the very least, pointing us to Christ. Number two, the world tries to offer comfort and security. This comes from verse one, where we see the psalmist say, I lift my eyes to the hills. And we are left to wonder if uh, the hills are a good thing or a bad thing. Are they a place of refuge or are they treacherous and full of peril? Because the very next line, he's looking to God. It could be that the psalmist is referring to the hills as a sort of comfort, like David does in Psalm 11. Or do the hills hide harm intended for the traveler? Either way, uh, he knows that there is something better. The psalmist directs our attention to God, beyond creation itself and to the creator. In God is our living hope, um, our living help, primary, personal, wise, and immeasurable. But the point here is that there may be temporary comforts, a sense of comfort and security in the world, but it will always pale in comparison to the Creator. Any comfort we find here on earth is temporary. It eventually runs dry, it runs out, uh, it comes to an end at some point, and it can't be the real source of our peace. And so let me ask you this, where are you looking for comfort? Is it the amount of food or toilet paper that you can bring home? Is it the CDC or the local government? Is it in washing your hands more? Or is it in your, your finances to carry you through this difficult time? What is your functional comfort when a threat looms over you, when you need help? Now, I'm not saying that those things aren't helpful and that God doesn't use them. He certainly does. They certainly have their place, and we should all keep uh, washing our hands more. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a video that went out of how to properly wash your hands. And uh, even being raised by medical professionals, I never learned how to properly wash my hands. I also just realized I threw my parents under the bus right there. But uh, if you haven't yet, go watch that video of how to properly wash your hands. Um, we should be keeping a healthy distance from each other. But our ultimate comfort and security must come from God. Our comfort and security cannot be in just the created. It must be in the creator. Is God your living help and your living hope? Personal, wise, and immeasurable. Do not hold to the comforts of this world as first and foremost. That place has to be reserved for God. Number three, our helper is personal. The God who keeps us is a personal God. There is relationship, personal relationship between him and you. And we are meant to feel that personal relationship even more so when a significant threat is in our lives. In the midst of keeping the entire world together and in the midst of keeping his entire church together, God is also keeping you. Our God is intensely personal with each and every one of us. The God who controls this entire universe uh, also cares for us. 
We see this in verse 5 as the psalmist emphasizes again that the Lord is your keeper. And so just, just dwell on that for a moment. Our Lord is personal, attentive to our every need, our every desire, even the ones we are not aware of. God knows what our needs are more than we do, and we should be so thankful for that. Now, we also have the advantage of reading this psalm with New Testament eyes, and we know that God is with us through the Holy Spirit, and our personal relationship with Christ is unbreakable. He sought us out, he pursued us, and desired that we be in relationship with him. He made us exactly who we are with purpose and design. Our helper who keeps us and protects us is personal. And as a point of application, knowing that God knows us intimately, the challenge for us is to grow in our knowledge of him. It's said that what we know, we become. And the psalmist exhorts us to behold or to know the greatness of God. The temptation right now is to behold more news about the coronavirus, more than anything else. But this can just lead to anxiety and fear. We should make right now uh, the greatest intake in our lives, Scripture. More than cable or online news, we should get into the habit of making Scripture, uh, intaking Scripture regularly. And if you are not already, and if you're looking for a place to start, might I suggest the Psalms. Be comforted in knowing that your Helper knows you intimately. And God's desire is that you would know Him intimately as well. Number four, the Lord is always there. God, the one who comforts us and keeps us secure, guess what? He is always there, all the time. It doesn't, uh, he doesn't ever need sleep or breaks, doesn't need naps, uh, but is actively keeping you on your way and on your journey, providing for you, sustaining you. We see this throughout the psalm, verses uh, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. And it made me think of a time that I had to be responsible for someone else uh, in life. And So uh, have you ever been responsible for something of value or something precious? And has that responsibility ever meant that you needed to be alert all the time and on guard nonstop? As parents, we feel that all the time, the responsibility and weight of keeping our children safe. But even then, we have our limits and we need uh, sleep, we need breaks, we need naps, this reminded me of a youth lock-in we had once. Uh, I've always heard that you don't get your youth pastor stripes until you host uh, an overnighter. And I had avoided it for five years until finally the parents were just hounding me for to host a lock-in. And so we did. And uh, I think looking back now, I, I understand why having your kids away for the whole night would have been so desirable. But we started around uh, 9, and we went to 9 at night, and we went to 7 in the morning, and we planned activity after activity, uh, movie breaks, so much food and energy drinks to keep these students awake through the, the whole night. And let me tell you, by 4 or 5 in the morning, all of us were feeling it. I was feeling it. I was curled up under my desk, which used to be in the youth room, with a blanket and a pillow, just trying to see if I could, you know, get a couple minutes. Um, and by the end of it, all of us with low energy, heads 
<laughs> hanging, went to our cars, went home. Um, and that just made me, it was one of the times where I realized I certainly have limits. I definitely have limits. Um, our efforts can only go so far. And we are indeed uh, finite. But there is one who is infinite, limitless, one who knows no end, one who doesn't need breaks or stops to refuel or to recharge. Uh, we worship a God who will never fail us, never not be there for us. Even when we are not aware or conscious of him, he is there for us. And we can call upon him at any time, day or night, knowing that he has been there all along. And so I want to ask you this as a point of application. Are you resting in the truth of God's everlasting presence in your life? Do you remember, in all that is going on in the world, that God is not absent, but incredibly present and attentive to what is going on on the larger scheme and in your personal life? How will you better understand your finite being and better rely on the one who is infinite? Number five, uh, there is power in the Lord's name. Just look at how many times the psalmist says the Lord in this psalm, as if it's uh, washing over him and bringing wave after wave of relief and security and comfort. There is power in the name of the Lord, and God's name tells us so much about him. I think of this passage in Exodus with Moses on the mountain having this conversation with God where he wants to see God to get to know him more personally. And they've had plenty of conversation up until this point in Exodus, but, God, or, but Moses wants this relationship to reach the next level of intimacy. Um, and if you want a good book to read, I recommend John Mark Comer's God Has a Name. Incredible read. Uh, but continuing... Uh, in scripture, in Exodus, with the story of Moses, Exodus 33:18, Moses says, please show me your glory. And on Moses' mind, he might have been asking for a physical inter interaction with God, uh, seeing God with his own eyes. But God explains that no one can see his face and live. So that, that option's out the window. And instead, God says, I will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. You see, in biblical times, uh, they didn't have profiles. They didn't have a way to see the background of anyone. The name carried so much meaning of their character, their backstory. And so God was saying, you can't see me, but I'll do you one better. I'll tell you exactly who I am. And this is the first time in scripture that God is describing who he is, informing the people himself of his character. Up until then, in the Bible, it's been Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And one pastor puts it this way, that this moment of revelation on Mount Sinai, where we learn God's name, it's the moment in the Hebrew Bible. The rest of what we call the Old Testament is just story after story of this God in action. So, let me read Exodus 34, 5 and 6, which is God describing himself. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. 
God's name brings intimacy to our relationship with him. God's name informs us of his mercy, his grace, his steadfast love and faithfulness in all situations for all generations. There is indeed power in the Lord's name. So I want to challenge us today uh, to not underestimate the power of God's name. In times of stress, anxiety, loneliness, confusion, and in the unknown, call upon the Lord. Let the meaning of who he is wash over you as you pray, Lord, Lord, you are my keeper. You are always there for me. Call upon his name in humility. Uh, Declare his name with confidence and share his name with joy. Six, number six, God's peace is present and future. Once you are with God, he is always with you. You can take his comfort and security and know that you will have it forever. I've had conversations with some of you uh, over the past couple weeks, and I've heard more than once, uh, Andre, you weren't old enough to remember, fill in the blank, uh, duck and cover or the gas shortage a crisis in the past that had some sort of familiar, familiarity with the crisis now. And it's similar because life uh, is difficult, it's out of the ordinary, and it's out of our control. And the reality is, ho- I mean, hopefully, I might be saying the same thing about COVID-19 to some person who may not even be born yet, um, and hopefully it's, encur- it's as encouraging for them as your conversations have been for me. Because those conversations show that God has always been in control. You need only to look at his track record. We have so many accounts here in the Bible uh, from people who have gone before us. We have accounts in our own lives lives of God's peace and presence with us. And with his presence comes his provision, his steadfast love, his faithfulness. The truth is that nothing will separate us from his love. Remember the Psalms are written with the understanding that we will endure difficulties, challenges, and peril. And through them, we come to understand and experience and know the love of God even more. Verse 8 of of this psalm shows uh, that there is never a moment where God fails to love his people. God covers all of it. Pastor C.J. Mahaney, uh, in the sermon uh, that I listened to, says, There is no time or location where God's personal and providential care does not extend to us and is not experienced by us. So God's care is comprehensive to the fullest extent. As an application of God's peace and presence, I want to say this. Do not panic. Like Paul says in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we worry and fear, we postpone what we as Christians should be doing, which is to be praying. Uh, Tim Keller had this quote, Every single emotion you have should be processed in prayer. I love that. I think that's so uh, very encouraging for us and exhorts us to be going to God in everything. Whatever you are feeling today, in the coming weeks, or maybe even the months ahead, take it to the Lord in prayer first. God's presence and peace are present now, and they will be in the future. Do not let fear and anxiety of the unknown take hold of your life, but through prayer, dive deeper into God's comfort and security. I want to close with this. 
We are called to be like Christ. As Christians, we are to be marked by the peace of God in this pandemic. Not by fear, not by anxiety, not uh, for being uh, seen for seeking control or power. We should be seen as a beacon of peace, a calm in the storm, because we have God's comfort and security within us while the chaos rages on around us. And we should seek to be the, power, uh, the answer to uh, people's questions of where help can come from. What I mean by this is physically, tangibly, let's address the needs of those in our lives. If they need conversation, food, uh, help keeping up with the bills or rent, uh, let's be the church for them. Let's love them. Let's help them out. Spiritually, let's point them to Christ. If people inquire about our peace and security and the comfort that we have, that we're living with, let's share with them that our true source of comfort and security does not come from anything physical, doesn't come from within us, but it comes from our living hope that is Christ. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you for the truths that you've given us in your word. And we pray that in this time uh, of unknown, that you would overwhelmingly give us comfort and security. God, we want to turn to you first and foremost in the midst of the world around us, what's happening. Thank you for being there for us all the time. Thank you for your personal relationship with us. And thank you for for being the God who is uh, steadfast in love and grace and mercy. We give you all the praise, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.